Hello and welcome. My name is Nicole. I'm a yoga teacher, and this is your podcast all around the topic yoga, mindfulness, and personal growth. Hello and welcome to this week's episode, which is a super special one because for the very first time I am sharing with you a super nice interview that I did with Dom, who is one of my yoga teachers from my teacher training that I did here in Cape Town. And she is running her own yoga studio, which is called Wild Thing. And she founded that together with her friend Lexi. And in this interview, she's sharing the whole founding story behind it. So anyone of you who maybe has a deep passion for something and who would like to start a business on their own and follow their passion. So all entrepreneurial spirits out there, this is definitely super, super interesting to hear and also very motivating. But of course, we also talked about yoga and also a lot about meditation. Dom is an absolute expert in that and she really knows so much about it, which is why I'm so glad that I got her to share some of her knowledge with us here. Um, so she shares super nice insights on what meditation actually is and tips for how to like start meditating and how it works and so on. And then my most favorite part towards the end, we talk about self-care, what it actually means and how to take better care of yourself. And Dom shares super openly and honestly about herself and how she dealt with anxiety and depression in her life and how yoga and self-care really helped her to um, deal with that and the things she does in her daily life. I really love this interview, so you have to listen to it. And yeah, enjoy! I am sitting here right now with Dominique, one of my <laughs> yoga teachers. I'm really so happy you're taking the time and we're literally sitting in your yoga studio on the floor. And I'm really happy to get the chance to talk to you uh, again in more detail because during the teacher training, I was able to learn so, so many valuable things for myself. And I have so many questions for Yay. you. So. And yeah, so many things I'd love to talk with you about. And also like the whole founding story of your own yoga studio so you were 24 right when you founded the studio yes how old are we now 20 yes yeah yeah, yeah 23 24 yeah that's mm -hmm. crazy i'm 24 right now and i feel like okay i should get going no <laughs> no but yeah i really can't wait for you to tell us all about that and so much more in this podcast episode wow okay well welcome everyone uh, <laughs> you signed up to listen to us chat for a while so oh gosh yeah It's been a wild, wild ride. Um, so we started in, what is it now, 2019. So yeah, we started in 2016. So Lex and I met when we were doing um, our postgraduate marketing degree. And we spent a year working in the marketing industry. Um, I had quite a, quite a time. I tried the whole corporate life, even though it was advertising, it was still very corporate, very nine to five. Um, I worked for a very small startup um, that ended up closing after three months. I did a six month internship that was pretty awful. It was everything that I didn't want to like do, but also was promised to me as something different. So it was a little bit disappointing in that sense. And then I worked for six months um, at a company as within the marketing department, which I really enjoyed. 
ended up getting retrenched at the age of 23. Had like to pack up my stuff into a box. Went in on a Monday morning with a job and left on Monday at half past 10 with no job. So that was, that was, yeah, so that was a lot. Had that experience. Uh, Ended up working as a freelancer for three months and then for myself. And that was all within 12 months of working, like literally month, two months. So my first 12 months of like working life were quite hectic. Um, And the whole way through every, like whenever all of these things were happening, it was, it literally felt like something or someone was being like, this isn't for you. Like, no, no, not right. Not quite there. Maybe this, maybe no, less of this. So I'd always planned to do my teacher training. Um, it was always like, it was actually a really weird thing for me for a long time. I didn't feel like I was good enough to do my teacher training. So I kept putting it off. Like I'd saved up. Everything was there for about two years before I finally took the plunge and I was like, cool, I'm just going to fuck it. I'm just going to pay. Sorry. Might have to bleep that out. (laughs) Um, and Lex did hers in the October before me. Um, I did mine thereafter. After I'd gone through this whole 12 month dog show, basically, of like trying to find a career and everything. And did my teacher training. And it was always like teaching yoga was always, I'd always thought of it as something that I would do just for like my soul. So I never really envisioned it necessarily being the thing that paid my bills Mm -hmm. I kind of was just like well I know I want to do it I know like I've known for years I've been practicing for close to like five six years at that point six years and like I knew how much it had done for me so I always I wanted to share it like for me the money was immaterial at that point I was like no it's fine it'll be something I do for my soul maybe I'll teach like once a week just on the side did my teacher training like it was the most transformative experience of my life and then we Lex and I actually ended up like, don't even know how it was. It was something that like genuinely just happened. We were sitting at breakfast and I was like, let's just open a yoga studio. She's like, okay, let's just do it. And it's one of those things that you like to throw away comments, you know, like you're walking on the promenade with your friends and you're like, oh, you know, if I could do anything, I would just do this thing. And then it was kind of always that conversation. And then she found the space pretty much. And she phoned me and she was like, I'd, I'd, be, I'd gone back to Joburg at the time to visit my folks. And she was just like, we're doing this. I found a space and I was like, oh shit, okay. So we did it. We both sort of just had this deep passion and yeah, I would say reverence from my side specifically and hers for a practice that is so much more than just physical shapes on your mat. And it had changed and transformed my life so deeply in the six years that I'd been practicing without, like sort of, I was very self-taught as well. So while I did do my teacher training to get my qualification, I think the mo- I, I learned the most like from myself and it was a very internal practice for me. And that's always where I felt like my best teachings come from are things that I've like figured out for myself, not necessarily something that I've absorbed from mm-hmm. outside. Um, so yeah, it was this very deep passion and love for a practice that is sacred in so many ways and we just wanted to share it with people because we also had gotten to a point where I'd failed at things I didn't really want to do mm-hmm. so it's not really the right way to look at it but I was like cool well might as well try for something I really love mm-hmm. and see what happens because okay I've failed at a few things and I'm still alive like the world's still going yeah. sun still comes up in the morning so I'm actually okay yeah. I can fail and be okay mm-hmm. um so yeah super interesting because I can totally relate to so many things you're saying with postponing things because you feel like you're not 
there yet and mm. you're not good enough yet you need to do this and that before actually getting started yeah it's just something so horrible because you would never you'll never be in that place where, where it's no. perfect right no so of course not i also think it's super nice that you just started with the studio and that you just went all in yeah um so lex and i started literally from zero we didn't have a single student we didn't have a database we didn't have we had a space and it's interesting because I've got um, a couple of good friends that I've good friends from before and since that I've made in the industry and it's it's really the hard way around to do it is to start with the space we weren't we hadn't didn't hadn't built up names for ourselves in Cape Town um, the first three months were hard like we taught all the classes you know it wasn't we had this I don't know illusion that we would open the doors and because the space is so beautiful like there would just be streams of people and it wasn't it was really hard we had to really refine over those first I'd say over the first year like what our teaching style was who we how we wanted to teach how we wanted to share and we learned as we went along yeah. you know it's one of those things and I think we said it to you in your teacher training as well everyone's like oh how do you how do you become a good teacher like you teach mm -hmm. you teach mm -hmm. and you figure it out as you go mm -hmm. I mean Lex and I always said like it was kind of like we just like took this leap of faith off a giant cliff and we learned to fly on the way down because there was only one way down at that point point. Yeah. it was like <laughs> flap your wings or crash and burn you know yeah um, yeah, that's something no. so true that you just have to do it in order to learn it. I'm, as I told you, I'm studying entrepreneurship and it's like, you can't really study it. You have to do it in order to learn how mm. to do it and throw totally. yourself into it. Yeah. yeah, totally. And I think, I think what, I mean, I know what held me back, well, not even held me back, but like I had no formal business experience. So I always... And didn't necessarily see myself running my own business because I was like, well, A, I don't know how. Mm -hmm. Like, I haven't studied it. I haven't done a course in it. I mean, I've studied such a wide range of things in my life thus far that I was like, well, business, I hate accounting. Like, I will be the first. I just, I just, it's not my forte. And something that I've realized is, like, you don't, you don't have to be an expert at everything. You need to understand every single part of your business. But you pay people to do the things that you are not good at so find your expertise find your niched area like make sure you excel in those areas but i mean we pay accountants because that's a, a section of the business that neither lex or myself is completely fully comfortable taking the reins on so that's a very valuable like portion of our team you know um yeah we we were lucky in that we had like the not lucky but I mean maybe it all works out the way it's supposed to but we had the digital marketing side of things mm -hmm. you know we knew how to brand ourselves we knew how to communicate online so we did have we we took a lot of the tools that we learned in our marketing side of things to help us like bolster ourselves I guess mm -hmm. but yeah it is one of those things like you, you there is there's only so much you can study or prepare for and ultimately it's like you, you have to trust the process and trust your own intelligence and your own work ethic to get you through the bits that you don't understand i mean we have uh, the world at our fingertips these days with like information and there's so many people we're also very lucky to have such a wide network of support people to ask you know both of our families are very supportive um, our partners are both very supportive you know they both also run their own thing so there's a lot of space for talk and I don't know I think asking for help is probably one of the most valuable lessons mm. like when you don't know mm -hmm. something find someone you who does know and who mm. you trust and ask you know the trust thing is important because we made mistakes where we trusted the wrong people and that was also learning curves for us you know and again it's like you can't prepare for these things it's just got to happen as it comes you know okay 
what I could take away most from that and also when we talked about business of yoga during the teacher training is as long as you love doing something you will eventually become very good at it and then you can totally make a living out of it yeah and I remember I remember reading this quote a while ago and it was something like find something you love and stay very interested in it mm-hmm. and that for me was a big thing is I never I have never felt like bored Mm. with this work that we've done and with running my own business and for me th- that like not boredom but it, it, boredom's probably the wrong word it's like like you get a little bit restless because it's not really piquing your curiosity or you're not really pushing or you're not really growing or you're not feeling yourself evolve or expand and I can honestly say in this space like that's always been our intention is to you know keep growing with the practice keep growing as we do and as we mm-hmm. shift and change let the business in the space mm-hmm. be sort of like a mirror for that but yeah I think as long as you love what you do really deeply you are always going to be interested in it and that's what gets you through the days or the times when it's a little bit harder or things aren't quite working according to your timeline it's like okay but can you stay curious about it can you do you still really like I don't know believe in what you're doing Mm -hmm. you know and whatever it might be I mean for me it's like sharing this practice but it could be whatever it is really So what is it that you actually love about yoga and about teaching yoga? But mostly about what, what is it when you practice yourself? What do you love about oh, it so much? That's so heck. Oh, that's, a, that's such a deep one. Um, could go on for like five days on that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the practice of yoga, oh, it's what started my own like journey back to myself. I think that we, we lose this like essence of who we are as we go through life I think it's you know we're buffeted kind of this way and that way by external situations like social conditioning the way we were brought up there was there are so many layers and patterns of behavior that either we have fallen into as a result of needing to survive certain things or gain like that idea of like behaving in a certain way to get the validation or acceptance that we need in situations that along the way I think we forget like what we really want to do for ourselves and for me when I found yoga and at the time that I found it I was really really lost in like what I wanted to do I had no clue like not a clue I was pretty deep in a dark space as well and I was just very very lost and confused and I found this practice that allowed me to somehow feel at home And I didn't realize it at the time, but that feeling was actually just me being with myself. And so I I think the thing I love the most about this practice is the ability that I have now of practicing so long to drop back into myself more and more easily. It takes a little bit less time in meditation or a little bit less effort, I would say, for me to check back in with myself truly. Mm-hmm. And also this ability that it, this practice has to like create more self-awareness more people that are consciously connected with themselves through this practice you know even if it's just for a couple of breaths in your hour-long practice if you just have those few moments where you feel fully connected through your breath to your body to your mind the whole you feel like your whole self Mm -hmm. once you feel those momentary glimpses you start searching for them more and more in your life or you start realizing when you don't feel that way Mm -hmm. and it's for me it's just this lifelong I would say probably practice of coming back home to yourself And that for me is what I love the most. And I love holding space and hopefully helping people find that for themselves because ultimately I think that's 
what we're here to do is kind of hold space so that people can reconnect with themselves because we don't do it often enough you know there's a lot of talk now about like having a mindful morning or being conscious and all of this stuff but really and truly what that is is just being present fully and completely and it's so hard for us to do mm-hmm. totally it's so hard it's hard yeah. yeah yeah so I love it because I think I was also a person who I've always liked to move my body so for me it all kind of gelled into like this beautiful space because when I started practicing there's absolutely no chance you would have got me to sit on my mat for like three minutes to meditate I couldn't do it Mm -hmm. I used to like I was that person who would like stare at the ceiling in shavasana because like I didn't Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it I couldn't close my eyes and be with my thoughts Mm -hmm. didn't want to so yeah Yeah. I think think. that's such an important point that it just takes so much time to get there and it just takes consistency right and and self-discipline to get onto your mat and Mm. trust that it's gonna get better right yeah in the beginning I was like I can't focus my thoughts. I can't or like yeah. calm my thoughts and focus on my breath. I just can't. And mm-hmm. it's amazing how then you start to feel how it gets better and yeah. easier. And also it helped me so much with starting a meditation practice. Yoga helped so much. We also had this one session during the teacher training on meditation. I loved that one. And you shared so many uh, valuable tips mm-hmm. um, for how to start meditating, for how you can like improve it and just yeah, what it actually is. What you're doing when you meditate and maybe you can touch up okay. on some of those points um i think that meditation like i know when i started it was very daunting for me like above and beyond the fact that my brain is like got about 52 internet tabs open at any given time and like one's playing youtube and one's doing something else and there's like a dog video going on in the background of a third but um it is there's this misconception i think that you have to, in order to meditate, you have to be able to clear your mind. And that's literally not the point at all for me anyway. When it comes to a meditation practice, it is more about becoming the witness of your entire experience than it is about making the brain go quiet. Because genuinely, if I ever figure that out, I will let you know. But it's more about this understanding and this like taking a step back from your immediate experience to to understand that you are bigger than all of those things so when we check in with the breath we check in with the physical sensation in the body we check in with the mind that process of checking in and seeing it as something external to yourself you immediately realize you cannot be your thoughts you can't be your emotions you are not your physical body because if you can witness something you can't be it at the same time so When it comes to a meditation practice, I think it's really important to remember firstly that you do not have to be able to quiet your mind to practice. That's why it's called a practice, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And there are a lot of techniques when you do drop into it that help with a busy mind. And I think by and large, that's honestly the biggest problem, or I would say, yeah, problem that we have at the moment is these busy, overactive minds. We are so bombarded with stimulation from all angles, like whether it's, having three screens open at once. I mean, I don't know when the last time you caught yourself doing this was, but the TV's on, the laptop's on, and you're on your phone all at the same time. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a lot. You know what I mean? Or there's music, and then you're on your phone. It's like, when you're in the car, and there's the radio, and someone's talking, and it's a lot of of noise. Mm -hmm. And I think what meditation does is it just quiets all of that. It just, like, turns the volume down a little bit, and then you can start to process a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of mental chatter... That's like one of the main reasons I would say also meditation is so important is there's so much mental chatter and you get so caught up in it and you tend to run along with it. So some of the um, my favorite techniques for meditation, once you are 
able to practice or get into a bit of a practice, first and foremost is just the bringing awareness to breath and allowing that breath to anchor you. Because very often our minds, actually read this thing the other day, our minds are like time traveling machines. They're either in the past or in the future. And the only thing that keeps us in the here and now is the breath. So whenever you get distracted in a meditation practice, remembering to breathe and bringing your awareness back to breath immediately brings you back into the present. So that's why we often kind of place a lot of importance on the breath when we meditate is purely because it brings you back into your body. Um, The deep belly breath is obviously really important as well. And what that actually does on a physiological level is it actually stimulates the vagus nerve which is responsible for bringing you into your parasympathetic nervous system. Now you'll remember that is the state where you can rest and digest. And that is the state that we do not spend nearly enough time in. So between 15, I would say, and 20 deep belly breaths is actually often enough to stimulate that vagus nerve into bringing the body into a deeper state of calm. Um, Then when we have within the actual meditation practice itself, There are a couple of techniques that you can use when your mind is busy and wandering and flapping around. The first of them is noting. And that's pretty much where you notice when your thoughts have gone awry. So just by noticing it, being like, okay, put a little mark on that. We had a thought, we were thinking about breakfast. Bring yourself back to your breath. And just that process of bringing yourself back to breath, bringing yourself back to quiet, calm space, it kind of, you're building a practice of not attaching to your thoughts. Um, my second one that I love the most, it's an example I use often in my yin classes as well, is kind of thinking like your thoughts or thinking that your thoughts rather are like cars on a highway. And in the same way that it would do you very little good if you were standing on the side of the highway to try and run and chase and catch a car that is moving, just stand there and watch the cars pass instead. And you can notice them. You can notice, okay, there's a red one or that's a truck or that car's not going very fast. That one is. And you become curious about the quality of the thoughts rather than trying to attach to them and like follow them because that's kind of where we get lost. The monkey mind kind of kind of disappears with us and kind of goes off on a bit of a tangent. So thinking, imagining yourself as, the person sitting on the side of the highway just watching the cars or the thoughts as it passed and not trying to catch them because that wouldn't be very helpful mm-hmm. and then the third one that i really love is um it's a visualization tool as well and you can imagine that you're lying on your back staring up at the sky it's a beautiful blue sky and there are some clouds that kind of drift across and y- you wouldn't be able to if you were lying on your back on the grass looking at the sky catch a cloud change its shape go along with it so if you imagine that your thoughts are those clouds all you can do is kind of watch them witness them they'll change they'll morph one will be a really weird shape the other one will kind of look like a rhino you know you never know but the idea again here is that you're separate from your thoughts so you're able to witness and watch them pass rather than getting caught up in them and trying to change their shape control them because you know, we're not really going to be able to do that. What we can control is bringing ourselves back to breath. Mm. Okay, so the way I actually started delving into a deeper meditation practice was um, I actually went and did a course in Transcendental Meditation. And that was taught. They've got centers all over the world. There's one in Cape Town, there's one in Joburg, there's one in pretty much all the major cities. And 
what's really fascinating about the transcendental meditation is that they kind of give you this nonsensical word so it's a word that doesn't make sense so it's just sound basically and they give you this word based on your ayurvedic constitution so whether you are kapha pita vata they kind of give everyone their own unique word once you have your word you don't tell it to anyone else um, but this word is repeated like a mantra so when you're sitting in meditation to give your brain something to do you repeat this word over and over and over again to yourself in your head and it's amazing because that keeps the mind busy enough that you can drift away from that and settle deeper into your meditative state. And transcendental meditation is hugely popular. I would actually probably say it's one of the most popular forms of taught meditation. Um, you do it twice a day for 20 minutes. And there are so many apps that help you do the timing, but you can literally set your phone on a timer for 20 minutes, find a comfortable seat and you close your eyes and you start repeating this mantra to yourself. And because it doesn't make sense, there's nowhere for your brain to follow it to because it's not the start of a thought or the end of a thought, it's just a sound. Mm -hmm. And it's you're making that sound in your head and within that you kind of get this, it's the most incredible sensation. You like get this like drifting sensation as you drift deeper into your state of rest. Um, it's really, really fascinating. If anyone's listening to this and is curious, I really recommend that you Google it. They've done so many scientific studies on this because I know everyone loves science, you know, backed by science, then it must be true. Um, but they've actually put people in MRI machines and had them do the transcendental meditation. They've done, um, they've attached those, I don't want to say probes, that sounds like aliens, but, um, the things on your head that can monitor your neural activity, I completely have lost the word, but they've shown that when you become proficient at it and once you've practiced it a few times, you're actually able to drop your body down into a state of rest so deep that it's that same state of REM sleep that we look for and search for and need in our actual sleeping patterns. And we often don't reach. So in those two, 20 minute sessions you can actually get more time in that deep state of rest than you do in a full night's sleep so it's really really amazing um obviously for all the anti-stress all of those benefits as well i mean meditation at this point i think most people know is good for those things this is really and truly one of the most accessible i would say forms of it because some people might not be into the, the hour of movement it takes on your mat to prepare the body for meditation. And so this is just a kind of a, a different form of it. Um, yeah, I practiced that quite a lot. Like I was, I practiced that pretty much for a year consistently when I didn't have time to do yoga, mm -hmm. when work was hectic, when everything else, I made it part of my morning. I would wake up before I got out of bed, do 20 minutes. And then I would do kind of mid-afternoon as like a pick-me-up, you know, that 3 p.m. slump that you often hit. Mm -hmm. Have that mm -hmm. and you kind of get a second wind because it's basically like you've taken a micro nap but at rem state level so yeah i want to quickly yes. uh, go to the point because you just said the hour of practicing yoga to prepare you for the meditation mm. so that, i think that's a super interesting thing most people don't know that if you struggle for example with sitting in a cross-legged seat on the floor what helps best is practicing yoga yeah. right it really prepares the body mm. to be able to sit still and not have any back pain while sitting or yeah. knee pain or anything exactly. the only thing that always happens to me is that my legs fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> it happens it happens yeah. yeah but i think that that's a super nice thing to keep in mind mm. that uh, if if someone struggles with that practicing yoga will 
prepare you to get of there. Of course. I mean, well, that is the point. That is, I mean, you'll, you'll know this now since you're teacher training, but that is the point of the asana, the physical practice, is literally to prepare the body to be still. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting, and I've, well, I think really is really interesting, is for me personally, I had so much anxious energy around me when I first started self-practicing that my physical practice, which was like an hour long, wasn't enough. So I would actually work out before, like actual do a workout, like a high energy, I would run on the train, I would do all of the stuff before because that's how frenetic my energy was to prepare me so that I could actually be still enough in postures. So now we're talking three to five breaths in any shape. When I first started, I couldn't even manage that. It wasn't quick enough for me. It wasn't like I wanted to go, I wanted to go. So I had to burn off some of that anxious energy, bring it back into okay, now I can practice for an hour. And then I used to find like maybe like 30 seconds, maybe. And even then I was like, when I open, like looking around, like fiddling, fidgeting, needing to move. Um, I mean, Yin was my nemesis for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I, I uh, when I started Yin, I was like, what is yeah. this darkness? This is awful. And now it's one of my favorite classes to teach because honestly is so I don't know it's so it's so amazing that internal world of ours is so rich and so so incredible so for those who don't know what yin yoga is Mm. can you quickly explain so yin or restorative yoga is um I would say it's far more introspective than or offers more space to be introspective than other forms of yoga it's more restorative the postures are held for longer periods of time um it works a little bit more I would say on the energetic body and the subtle body and the mental body than it does necessarily on the physical in the sense that we're not aiming to like necessarily build strength or move quickly or crack a sweat or anything like that it's far more meditative in nature we support the body completely with with blocks bolsters all kinds of props um And for me, when I practice it, it becomes almost like an hour-long meditation or however long your class is because it's far more gentle on the body. You kind of give the body time and space to open up in its own way. And it's a really amazing way to practice being in your body because you've got a lot of physical sensations, a lot of feedback coming at you as you hold the postures for a bit longer. Um, Yeah, it's it's a little bit more restorative, I would say. It's... You know, you've got the like yin and yang energy in practices and vinyasa is quite movement based. It's a little bit more yang, there's a little bit more fire Mm -hmm. and yin is far more relaxed, far more, I would say, cooling for the body. It's a little bit more feminine, all of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually kind of fell more in love with my yin practice when I injured myself because I couldn't move the way that I was used to moving. So I had to make a plan. And for a long time, my yoga practice was lying on my back slow twists, legs up the wall, half pigeon. And I was like, cool, that was fun. <laughs> you know, and then it, it, wasn't, it wasn't enough for my brain, but you know, mm-hmm. it had to be enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I hope uh, I answered that one okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Another topic I wanted to talk about because you have this um, highlight in your Instagram mm. story thing on self-care. And for everyone, you need to follow down on Aww. Instagram. I love it. Like, your stories, they're always super inspiring. Oh, so you. your Instagram is Dom Andrea Yoga. I'm also going to write that in the show notes. And yeah, there is this uh, story highlight on self-care. And I love that one. And I just yeah, would love to hear from you what is self-care for you? Why is it so important? And what, what, does it, what does it entail for you? 
Sure. So this one as well. You're coming at me <laughs> with the big questions. It's cool. Um, so self-care, I think, is also one of these um, like buzzwordy terms that is kind of coming up a lot in the wellness industry. And I think a lot of people are a little bit confused about what it actually means and what it actually is. And it is quite literally getting, in my view, getting to know yourself well enough that you can meet all of your own needs. So looking after yourself is, you know, it's, it's what your work here is on this earth is to do is look after your own stuff so that then from that place of fullness of having your needs met of being able to take care of yourself you're able to extend and give to others without depleting yourself in the process so I mean self-care is literally can be as simple as drinking enough water today when was the last time you ate a good meal feeding yourself nourishing your body moving your body nourishing your mind nourishing your soul like getting to know yourself on all these levels so that you can look after yourself every single day and I think we have a like a lot of people kind of look externally to have their needs met they look for external validation you know whether this is in relationship to other people or in relationship to things there's often this idea that like if I have that thing or I find that relationship or I get that job or I get this thing I'll feel better I'll feel fuller I'll feel good and those things are they're important they matter but you need to cultivate that feeling of wholeness and fullness within yourself first and self-care is the way that you do that the way you look after yourself the relationship you have with yourself sets the benchmark for everything else around you so yeah self-care is like it is it's just understanding yourself getting to know yourself being self-aware enough to know where your boundaries are, what you need more of, what you need less of. Do you need time alone? Do you really need to go out with like your friends for dinner tonight? Or do you actually need to be at home making yourself a healthy meal and getting an early night's sleep? You know, it's all of these things that you figure out as you go along pretty much. Again, it's one of those, you know, you've got to be in the process to really grasp it, I guess. And yeah, that self-awareness and that intuition and that guidance that you get from your internal self is really the truth of it you know it's like you're the only one who knows what you need you know like for example like you might need to go and have a walk in nature to feel grounded in your body and for me I might need to go stick my feet in the ocean it doesn't neither is more or less true or right or wrong or anything it's just getting to know what you need and me and then advocating for yourself and meeting your own needs yeah I hope that answers it if you want to go in more just tell me I'll keep talking it. so what what can you give some examples what is it that you do to take care of yourself so for me oh this is also it's interesting um I'm learning about myself that I really do need quite a lot of time to myself to like decompress from you know people and it's it's not that I can be around all my best people and I still need time to like kind of step back and just um, reground myself but for me most definitely there are like there are I kind of call them like the pillars that I have in my life that kind of keep me upright um, I mean definitely moving my body looking after my body nourishing my body eating well eating enough um, so for me I always think of it as as like okay the physical body what does my physical body need and I mean all of these things of self-care it's taking a shower you know like looking after your teeth like washing your hair brushing your hair all of these things like we we kind of I mean 
when was the last time you were in a rush and you just ran out the door without eating without you know just quickly brush your teeth and then go slow it down like make time for yourself in the morning set your alarm for half an hour earlier so you've got that time so yeah um for me definitely nourishing and moving my body a huge i feel it when i don't um taking enough time to rest that's probably the one i'm worst at switching off and having boundaries when i don't work um because i'm comes i think part and parcel with owning your like own business you don't really have an off button but you need to find it and step away sometimes and i'm very lucky that i have an incredible partner in it that we can give each other that space um then i would also say i mean you'll know obviously mental health for me is a big thing um so i have i live with anxiety and depression so for me one of the biggest things that has changed my life completely was actually going to see a therapist i started seeing a therapist about two years ago now um went quite regularly while we were unearthing some stuff and now it's kind of kind of petered off for the last like three four months i'll probably in the new year start going just like once a month but for me i have um quite a vivid emotional world so i need a lot more space for that i think than maybe everybody else does but that's okay um so speaking to someone where i don't have to worry about how they're perceiving things is really important to me because very often when we reach out to friends and family you're actually reaching out but within limits because there's certain things you can't say or you can't say it like that or you can't say the thing you need to say because you don't want them to get upset or that sort of thing so for me looking after my mental health has been a huge one so therapy for me has been it's changed my life probably as much as yoga did mm-hmm. um i also have a journaling practice that i love uh, it kind of it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit um there's an incredible future self journaling um thing online there's a instagram person called uh, the holistic psychologist she's amazing um she's got an incredible future self journal so that's really nice if you need something guided because it can be really daunting to just look at a blank piece of paper and start writing I'm definitely going to mention her yay. as well in the show notes. I got to know her through you. Oh, yeah. And I love it. So, yay. yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad. <laughs> so journaling practice is super important to me. Um, breath work is super important. And I mean, breath work, it's got like a whole range. But genuinely taking time to breathe deeply for like 20 breaths in a day, even if I don't make it onto my mat to practice or meditate, those deep breaths really, really are vital. They kind of bring you back. Obviously like for me a huge part of my self-care is like having purpose and having work that fulfills me mm-hmm. you know so this studio and like you know the students that I get to teach I'm so grateful for them because I really feel well firstly fully present when I teach and like I'm here for that reason so it it gives me a lot of I don't know joy I would say mm-hmm. like real joy to be able to do what I do and for me as well a huge part of self care is being in nature like i need to be near the ocean mm. even if i just have to even if i just see it when i drive to work like ah oh, it's amazing mm. walking on the beach um honestly spending time with um my animals <laughs> my dog and my two cats my partner being at home all of these things are these spaces that i've like created for myself that i'm i feel hold me and kind of let me rest a little bit you know um what is another one obviously my yoga practice that comes into physical movement it's without it like this is 
yeah, like I said, I feel it when I don't have it. And having relationships in my life that fulfill me as well, that make me feel safe and seen and heard. I just, yeah, human beings are not meant to live in isolation. Mm. As much as we need alone time, we also need connection, yeah. you know, yeah. to something, yeah. whatever it is. You know, often I find that connection in a book. I love reading. I love stories. So very often, like, that's where I put a lot of my creative energy is reading because then your mind is busy, but it's busy in a different way. It's creating, you know, you're creating those narratives um, and envisioning characters, whatever it is. Creativity is also hugely important. You know, we have to create something. So, I mean, in summary, I would probably say, like, nourishing your physical body, and that means food and movement nourishing your mental body so breath work meditation journaling something to, to kind of get the thoughts not in order but like just bring them back into what's important give them a bit of structure connection with something whether it's an animal a person your people whatever it is um time on your own time spent in nature and being creative whatever that means for you you know as children we're all so creative and we don't judge ourselves for it and yet we get into this adult life and we're like no i can't draw no but you can you've got if you've put a pen in your hand on a piece of paper you can draw it doesn't need to be anything more than that you know anyway yeah thank you so much for sharing that so openly (laughs) i love it like hearing that so honestly and it's such a deja vu for me right now to our teacher training where Mm. we had all these conversations and Every time just makes me so aware of how important it is with, of course, who you surround yourself with and Mm. who you listen to, who you communicate with, what you feed your mind with. Um, Mm. Because, yeah, also just from this talk right now, I get so much inspiration and motivation and just, yeah, positive Mm. feelings. And Mm. especially one point is also has just triggered me so much this surrounding yourself with the people you love. And Mm. what I currently do is every evening writing down 10 goals. I have yeah. for myself and writing them down in the present t- tense mm-hmm. like I oh, and one of them is I always write I am surrounded by people that I love oh, and, that's amazing yeah, yeah. That, that's, I think also kind of like yeah a game changer completely completely yeah. it really is and mm-hmm. you know I think you know something we often say in class is kind of like how you do one thing is how you do all things mm-hmm. and for me the biggest really the biggest part of self-care is actually just being conscious about literally what are you allowing into your space what are you engaging with Mm. whether it is and it's also can be so daunting but you just like start somewhere you know like maybe you just notice where your mind went when like in a weak moment or in a moment where you weren't necessarily consciously concentrating on something like where does it go where does it wander to um i think so much of our existence is there's there's feedback everywhere you know Mm. and you can always find little nuggets to learn from, like wherever, you, whatever point in your journey you are, wherever your process is taking you. Like you can always, you can say this way, like the universe is always speaking to you and you to it. Like it's what you allow is what comes to you pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And when you realize how much power you actually have over your own experience, it's an incredibly, how can I, yeah, an empowering feeling to know that you, you know, you have a lot more agency in your life than you think you do. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people feel like life happens to them. And without doubt, without a doubt, there are things that do happen along our way, but we can consciously choose to engage with more of the things we want to, mm-hmm. you know, what do you want to move towards? Like, and all of these things can only come when you learn to 
sit still for a little bit and figure out what it is you want mm-hmm. like what do you want for your life how do you want to feel in your life yeah. you know if you want to feel love well then move towards things that feel like love you know if you want to feel joy like cultivate more of it what makes you happy and then go and do those things mm-hmm. make it time you know maybe it's not every day maybe your schedule's so busy but if you love reading carve an hour out of your day somewhere mm-hmm. to read yeah. you can do it like we can all do it like you don't need anyone's permission you know yeah. so yeah yeah Oh, that was so beautiful mm. <laughs> and oh my god we are already like super long in now yeah this is me sorry <laughs> I, I waffle could, I, know, I could go on forever especially <laughs> listening to you it's so so inspiring oh, i'm so you. so grateful i was also just for the fact that i'm i was able to do the teacher training oh, we loved with you having and, you yeah it was i so strongly believe everything happens for a reason mm, and i would have too. never thought before coming to cape town before signing up for this semester abroad i didn't really have the intention of, of doing my teacher training yeah. here and then it just happened to me and that yeah, was definitely for a reason amazing and yeah also this hour of talking to you now was so oh. so nice and thank you so much well, thank you um, thank you for asking these questions and for yeah for the chat love have we lo- like love having you in class all the time but Thank just you. so grateful to you yeah, you yeah this has become like my second home i'm here so love much. it same yeah. <laughs> even me too yeah. Okay, thank you. Now, I'm else? gonna put your um, your Instagram name in the show notes. So if um, people have questions, I yes. hope they can reach out to you. Of course, of course, of course. If you have yeah. any questions, please yeah. shoot them our way. Mm-hmm. Love to answer. Perfect. Them. And if anyone ever comes to Cape Town or is living here, you have to come to Wild Thing Studios oh. and to dance yes. classes. Come, <laughs> come practice. Come roll out your mats. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dom. Of course. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope you could take some things away from this interview and you enjoyed it as much as I did. As always, you can visit my website yogabynicole.com if you have any questions. Subscribe to my newsletter, subscribe to my podcast and enjoy the rest of your evening or your night or whatever. Take care and namaste. Thank you so much for listening to the interview. I hope you could take away as much from it as I did. And yeah, as always, I would love to hear your opinion or if you have any questions, you can always visit my website yogabynicole.com or go to my Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take care of yourself. Enjoy the rest of your day or evening and namaste.